So I just want to reflect back for just a few moments this morning on God's visit to earth. When he came to this earth, we center around the manger at this time of year, but what was the thoughts and the intent of Christmas? The birth of the Christ child. I want to read one verse, 1 Timothy 1, 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul said, of whom I am chief. Paul said in all of the thinking about why did Jesus come, that the number one thing remained number one. Jesus came to seek and to save those that are lost. Those that don't understand life and death. They don't understand why a cross, why a resurrection, why an ascension, why a second coming. Why would there be anyone that just wants to just talk about that all the time? Because the scripture says very, very clearly that Jesus came to Bethlehem, not for the shepherds to come, not for the wise men to come, not even for the angels to show up. He did not need a day to be recognized, but I'm glad that all this is done, but he came to seek and to save those who are lost. He loved us so much, he just would not let us stay out there without him doing something to make it possible for those that he loved and died for to come home. Much has been said about the why of Christmas. Many books, many sermons, many comments, many actions. And as we think this morning, I want to clarify real quickly some things that I want those of you that are here this morning to hear. Number one, God and Christmas is about God becoming flesh. God wants us to know he can identify with the flesh and all of its bad and all of its good. On Christmas, the word became flesh and dwelt among men, whereby the same temptations came, the same opportunities came, the same blessings could be offered, but he wanted to make sure that we know what, what he knew as an omnipotent God, but that God knows how you feel today. If you have suffered a loss this year for God, gave his only begotten son and was executed. His son was executed by the government. The word became flesh. You see, the Bible says in the beginning was the word. And then the word and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. And then the spirit became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And so Christmas is about a reality that took place in history and in biblical 
prophecies being fulfilled that God would come to this earth and live with us so he could weep with us, rejoice with us, run with us, shout with us, cry with us, and praise the Father with us. John 1:14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I don't think there's any um, chance of, uh, that, that it just happened by chance that we remember songs like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And yes, Jesus loves me. I think God wanted us to never forget that. When we're walking through the worst day, the worst year, the worst moment of our life, that God understands. Jesus was God because it was necessary for God to become man. And not only for his sake, but for our sake, so no one could say, you don't know what it's like down here on this earth, God. Your spirit, your truth, you're the word. No, the word became flesh, and he knows just what we need today. He knows what we're fighting. He knows what we're celebrating. He knows where our priorities are. So the question, was it necessary? I think that's a great question. And I think it's got a clear answer. Yes, it was necessary. There would be a lot of people that would keep on saying, God, you just don't understand how I feel. Lord, you don't know how, what it's like to be lonely. You don't know what it's like to go through pain. You don't know what it's like when all your friends turn against you and those that you think love you the most walk out on you. You don't know what's like that. And God says, oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. You see, if you're not happy, happy, happy today, maybe you're not even too happy. God knows and God understands. And by the way, he wouldn't say, get a hold of the third happy. He would say, no, just be still and know that I'm God. And some others are not going to understand some things you and I need to settle together in the quiet place. I hope for, for all of the holidays that there'll be some time when you can just get alone with God. You say, well, I'm just afraid to tell God the way I feel. Tell him. He knows how you feel. And when you, you, you have you heard this? I know you have. I just got to get it off my chest. Now, you're not usually talking to God when you say that. But it's time to get it out. Get it out. Get after the, after the cake is gone, after the wrappings have been hauled off and the batteries have wore out and the rest of the stuff is broken or didn't fit. Remember this, Jesus loves you. Jesus cares for you and for me. Matthew 20, 28 says the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but he came to minister. He didn't expect all the tension he gets at Christmas time. That one, I, I say he didn't expect it. That's not why he came. He didn't come so he could have a holiday. He did not have, uh, he didn't come so that we could have one day a year to where we could just kind of have an inauguration of he's still king, he's still God, he's still here. That was not his intent. That was not his intent. But the people did bow in his presence 
when they worshiped. They did minister unto him, but that was not the expected purpose of the visit. He came to seek and to save sinners which are lost. That's his purpose. Our purpose is to get people to him so he can do what only he can do. He can bring salvation to every single person. Now, just in case you're disappointed, there is coming a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is the reason for the season or Jesus is Lord. That day's coming. We look forward to the sweet by and by, but I just got to tell you, and I don't want to pop your Christmas Day bubble 2016, but I just want you to know that this day is not the celebration day. It's a recommitment day. It is a day when we make a fresh commitment to take Jesus to the world. And it begins in us. We're to be living proof of what, Sagemont family? Of a loving God to a watching world. And whenever we come to the moment of Christmas, if God gives us another one, we ought to year by year by year begin to understand Christmas better than the year before. So why did he come? Number one, he came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the law, Matthew 5, 17. Think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy. I'm come to fulfill. You see, God's word of the Old Testament had to be fulfilled. The law was given by God. And, and he comes to fulfill the law and the prophecies of the Old Testament to be fulfilled. We're not saved by the law, but Jesus taught us to obey the law because we are saved. The Ten Commandments become natural to us. They don't become laws passed down by man. They become God's law that Jesus obeyed and said, I will give you the strength to obey them, all of them, if you'll just follow me and let me live in your life. In Luke eleven forty two, 42, and in Matthew 23, 23, it says, Woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and you pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought you to have done, but not to leave the others undone. Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, Why do you call me Lord Lord, and you do not do the things I command you to do. Now, folks, it's one thing for a lost world to look at the Ten Commandments and say, I think I'm good for three of them, five, seven. But for a Christian to look at them and see there's one that you're not obeying, that's be a good project for 2017. I'm going to be a doer of the word, not hearers only. 
I am going to make him Lord by doing what he not suggests. They're not the 10 suggestions, they're the 10 commandments. And I'm gonna do it to the glory of God. I'm not gonna make myself do it, I wanna do it. I'm gonna fall in love with Jesus and he's gonna become all the world to me when the new year begins, or when even this moment forward begins. That's one of the strongest questions in the Bible. Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I command? Because see, John 14, 15 says, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. One more time. If you love me, keep my commandments. Don't you wish sometimes that Jesus wouldn't be so clear when he speaks? And then you would say, well, I don't understand that. I need to talk to a theologian about that because I'm not sure what he means by thou shalt not. I, I think I do, but I'm going to spend 20 years of living in sin trying to figure out what he meant by that. He says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Now is the time to bow on your knees and cry it holy. This is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it because I've met the Lord. And what did they do when they came to the manger? They went back and said, I'm going to go find me some more shepherds. I'm going to go find me some more politicians. I'm going to go back where I came from and I'm going to tell everybody I see. Jesus is here. He is here, but he's here right now. He is here right now. We have gathered in his name and he is here. Another reason he came is to give rest to the heavy laden. I imagine if we would be honest with ourselves that there's not a person here that does not have some area of your life where you feel like I'm carrying a load here. I don't know how to handle it. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all ye that are what? Weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Anybody need some rest? I mean some rest. I mean some relaxation rest. I mean some real, not, three, not take three breaths and hold it. <clears throat> but just a time to where everywhere I look, I'm going to see the Lord in it. I'm going to look for him this year. I'm going to try to find the place. I'm going to try to find me a church that's walking with God and cares about the mission needs of the world, not food and clothing, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. People that don't know him. I want to invest my time, my talent, my money in seeing to it that everybody knows that God came to this world as a baby, died on a cross, rose from the grave, ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the father and has left his spirit here to fill his church. And we are the church, not the building. We are the church with, and he's come to fill us with his presence. So as he is, so we can be in this world. The world needs Jesus. They need to see something. They're watchers. They're listeners. That's the reason everybody's got an iPhone and a television. They like to watch and listen. And it's a shame when you can't get it live. That you can't just meet a Christian. That you, that you can't find somebody that's a real thing. And let me tell you something, they're not that numerous. That's one thing in your favor, they're not that numerous because the Bible says not everyone that says, Lord, Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everybody that signed up is going to show up. 
Because you see, if he has not come into your life and you haven't been born again and your old life has not turned to a new life, we need to talk. You need to pray. You need to open God's word over the holidays. Turn to Romans chapter 3, John chapter 3. Read what it says and follow his command. I'm so grateful that he came to bring us grace and truth. John 1:17. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you like Wouldn't you like to experience some of that amazing grace this, this year? Wouldn't you like to 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 experience just truth? I mean, you'd see the world as it really is. See your challenges as they really are. Accept your situation as it really is. Wouldn't you like to have a time like that and not have to spend all your money watching things on the screen and just being entertained because it's the only thing that keeps you from just going crazy? Wouldn't you like to have, without paying for it, one that'll never leave you, never forsake you, that will come and live in your life, help you fight the battles, give you peace in the midst of the storm, supply all your needs according to his riches. He'd love you unconditionally and forget as well as forgive every sin you've ever committed. Does anybody here need that kind of thing? I'm here to tell you it's available to you. It's available to you. Lost church members, it's just as available to lost church members as it is to people that hate the church. Never been in a church. See, a lot of people walk into church and are looking for the wrong thing. They're shopping in the wrong spot of the gathering. And they don't understand why isn't things any different in my life? Because you see, the least attended spot is the altar. The prayer room. Not many people there. You don't have to look for a seat. You don't have to find a place to kneel. Because narrow is the way and few there are that find it. And I would be less than honest with you today as the shepherd of Sagemont if I did not tell you, number one, the signs of the times are very, very clear if you know anything at all about the Scripture. The prophecies are being fulfilled now daily. And there's still a God that says whosoever will can come. And that means the meanest person in your family. That means the most apathetical God-hating, cussing, drinking, running around. You name the sin, God loves them. We need to love them through the eyes of God and tell them there's room at the cross for you. There's plenty of blood that can cleanse from every sin. And God help us. Don't come be like me. Come and be like him. And you will experience what real Christmas is all about. Jesus came to bring light into this world. This world loves the darkness. Prophecy said it would, and it does. It loves the darkness. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Jesus says, come out of the darkness into my marvelous light. In God's world, it's a real world, and you can look at it, and you can see the fake from the real. People that know art, people that know the arts that are, that are, that are 
authorities in their fields. They know when they look at something just like that. If is it a fake, is it a copy, or is it an original? They have eyes to do that. But Jesus says, I am the light. Where I am, you will see the truth, and you will see what is real. And so today, as we celebrate Christmas, let us remember John 12, 46, Jesus said, I am come a light unto the world to bring people out of darkness into the light of God. Jesus loves the light. Sin loves the darkness. And we must, we must understand that Jesus came here to bring us life and, and he came, he can heal, he can forgive, he can, he can prosper, he can do all of those things. But when the light goes out, it can be very frustrating. If you've ever been in the darkness and your flashlight battery went out, there was a moment of panic. If you've ever been around a rattlesnake in your backyard and you grab the flashlight you hadn't grabbed in two years and you run out of there and it goes, boop, it's real bright and all of a sudden it goes, mm, and about that time you hear, oh, you don't say nice things about the Energizer Bunny. That bunny has let you down. But when the light comes on, it's a new day. Darkness comes every 24 hours to remind us but thank God when the morning comes. Thank God for sunrise. We sang old songs, sunrise tomorrow, years ago. We sang heavenly sunshine. All of those songs, the Jesus, 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 the light of the world. So why did he come to visit the earth? I'll just give you the scripture and we're through. What was the main purpose? You're not going to have to remember each of these because they all say the same thing. You ready? Matthew 18, 11. The Son of Man has come to save those which are lost. Satan had deceived. We think if we get enough money, live long enough, marry the right person, get in the right business, go to the right university, get the right degree, make the right grades, we're going to be fine. That's not what the Bible says. Not what the Bible says. If you've ever been lost, and we all have been, spiritually, but I'm talking about physically. I've been lost. First thing you know is that you realize I'm lost. <laughs> you know, I know the way back, but you are lost. It is dark, and you thought you knew the way back. Next thing you think is, does anybody know where I am? That's the sex thing coming to your mind. Does anybody know? Why you want somebody to know? Because maybe they'll come get me. Well, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but that's your second thought. Because the third thought is, do they care enough to come get me? Do they care enough to come get me? And when they do, will they take me back to where I need to go or take me to where I need to go? Jesus does all of that. Let me give you the other four. Matthew 9, 13, I'm not come to call the righteous, I've come, to, I've come to call sinners to repentance. Luke 19 and 10 is the third one. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save which, those which are lost. Number four is Luke 5, 32. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And number five is John 10, 10. 
The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Have you noticed how he just drops that in? Just in case, and the older you get, you get short-term memory. I think a lot of the Bible's written, uh, is written believing a lot of people can grow old and they're going to need to see it more than once. So about every few verses, it'll, t- it'll tell you you're lost. Every few verses, it'll tell you how to get saved. Every few verses, it'll tell you you're in the darkness. And every, next few verses, tell you here's the way to come to the light. I mean, that's just the way God is. He's got a sense of humor, plus the fact he knows how he put us together. But heaven, heaven is a special place for a special people. Those that have been saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You ready for the last question? What does Christ coming really mean to you? Come on now. What does it really mean? Why do you look forward to Christmas? So I can max out my credit card again? I thought about last night just sleeping in the living room. If Santa Claus came up, came in, and, and had, had something for me, I wanted to see the receipt. <laughs> and if my name was on it, I was going to tell him, put it back in a bag and hook him out of here. <laughs> what does Christmas mean to you? Come on. What does it mean? Think, think. I'm not asking for a, an outburst. It's a rhetorical question, but I, want, I don't want you to leave here. What is this all about? What is this thing all about? Let me tell you what it's about. It's just about God telling us, I still love you and you can't do anything about it. But it sure be in your best interest if you've read my will and it's written that you get right because the day is coming, you're leaving this earth and all that is here and the only thing you can take with you is what I have given you. And that's called life everlasting. You won't need an insurance policy. You won't need to worry about the stock market. You won't care about the price of gold. God must have a sense of humor. As we watch it by the ounce, God is pouring it out of concrete up there. Pouring it out like concrete. But we are so caught up by the world having us so outnumbered They're all in the crowds and they got more on their side of the field than we got on our side of the field. And the first thing you know at halftime, we want to go over there and sit on their side of the field. God is saying to the multitudes, come out from among them and be separate. Follow me and I will, I will bless you exceeding abundantly above all that you can ever imagine.